0: The following is a Just Green production, brought to you by the Might Be News Network.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a very special edition Might Be Brews episode 61, the podcast where we explore the people, places, and brews of the craft beer world. My name is John. With me as always, Mr. Steve. How you doing?
2: I like podcast outside. You like to? Yeah, I like it outside. It's kind of nice. nice. It's nice out. I think, I I think c- I'll keep it
1: out. The cicadas are definitely in, in the headphones. They're coming at you. you can hear, hear them. them. We can hear them. But uh, it's all right. We're, we're having a good time. Being outside is, is very different, but we're hanging out with Kevin Kirshner from Brothers Kirshner. Kevin, how you doing? Doing great. How are you? Doing fantastic. Um, I'm really, really excited that you invited us here. I thought this was such a cool idea because, um, well, let's let's get right into some questions. Yeah. Um, tell me about what what made you want to do this this place, like bring Brothers Kirshner to the Brandywine.
3: So it goes way back, right? So we grew up... Uh For the listeners, for your information, right up the road, about a quarter mile, maybe less than, right off of Persimmon Drive. So we were always down here fishing, swimming in the creek, playing in the dam, though our mother didn't know it for (laughs) our our best interest. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it was always really a cool spot. And then, you know, the owners over time just really progressed it. the park, slowly became what it is you see today. And I think it was around 2015, I played a uh, live music set for Boxcar. Was running the beer garden out of here. So, okay. Little plug for them from Westchester. Yeah. You know. But uh, in any case, that was the first time here. And then from there, as the brewery started taking seat, I started reaching out to the owners and seeing if we could line something up. And yeah. uh, it all kind of came together
1: nice. So, what's that like to be kind of like, you know, obviously being a Downingtown guy, opening up your brewery in Skip which I think was such a cool location. And we've done an episode with you about that being in Skip Pack. But um, how cool is it to be like to have your beers and hanging out? With people and serving in Downtown.:
3: it's awesome. I mean, it's it's bringing it home, right? Not to skip that Skip, that's not. It's our home away from home, yeah. so to speak. But and you know, the biggest thing that we hear from our family and friends is, "Damn, we wish you were closer." So of it's course. like, all right, well, let's bring it closer.
2: And, and just for the people that might not exactly know, let's talk about where we're at exactly. And as you said back in the day, I got to give an RIP to a Dougal's Inn that used to be right up the street. Here, here, here. my first legal beer. With my family, was purchased at Dougal's Inn. Oh, The Jewel of
1: Chester County. My my (laughs) first legal beer. i have never even heard of this place.
2: It used to be, like, right up the corner there.
1: You take a right. Okay. Uh,
2: I got a Guinness. I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely hated
1: it. Oh, that's hilarious. That was your first order as a Uh, drinking adult?
2: As a drinking 21-year-old legal. Yeah. Emphasize that legal drinking adult. Wow, a Guinness. But we're down here on, it's, it's Strasburg Road. Um, on the uh, on the south side of Coatesville, if you take Stroudsburg to the right here, you can go straight into Emeryville, and, and it's such a great location back here. We're gonna have to post a lot of pictures on the uh, on the socials to oh, yeah. really do it justice.
3: Yeah, the interwebs. It's kind of one of them spots where it's folks often get say, "I didn't know what to expect," but you really don't till you see it. You know, yeah, it's,
1: it's- that's a good way to put it because it, there's a lot of trees, there's a lot of shade, there's a ton of parking. And even though it's kind of spread out, you know what I mean? But there's definitely room to park, and there's a lot of hidden places that, I don't want to say hidden, but if you keep driving back that path, there's a lot more, lot more spots, yep. plenty of places to park. But you get out here, and there's a lot of trees. It's, it's shaded, but there's also shaded seating areas, a ton of, like, picnic-style areas. I see people bring camping chairs yep. and get real close to the stage, live music. The stream is actually, like, you know they, they welcome people to go down into the stream right there's like paths and steps to get down there
3: they're welcome to we don't obviously push it that way because sure. of the whole you know liability asset but it's there it's it's when it's a cooperative flow it's yep. cool to go in there but obviously discretion advised sure but it's yeah. beautiful to dip your feet in that man i'll tell you what it's it's running real nice today exactly you know it's
1: it's kind of nice to go down there and you know kids try skipping some rocks and yep. the music's going and um the, the stream's flowing it's, it's definitely a unique place to hang out
2: i said to taylor this is a place where me and the family lose a sunday like we're like
1: hey uh what are we
2: doing today i don't know let's stop by uh, the beer garden we'll grab something from the food truck for lunch and then we start talking to another family the kids are friendly and it's eight o'clock vortex and it's
1: gone Hey, so uh, my brother Taylor just uh, stepped up.
4: What's up, everybody? What's
1: up? Taylor, my brother,
4: Mm -hmm. the producer, man. What's going on? Kirsch, I just wanted to come over here because uh, I just had to tell you on air that this is absolutely wonderful. Thanks, man. This is absolutely wonderful. Um, This is my first time here, and I am so, 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 so far past being impressed, dude. This is just absolutely incredible. Right on the water here, it's a beautiful day beautiful beer beautiful people here it's just you got live music coming up this is the spot i mean this is just off the beaten path beautiful serene it's gorgeous man thank i'm you. so happy thank for you bro very very cool
1: thank you yeah so what's the like the turnout like um when people come like or so what i guess we should start with what days are it o- is it open so we're every
3: sunday we're okay kicked it off in april and the last closeout will be halloween we're gonna do a, a uh, spoiler alert here, but we're going to do a haunted trail over here by the archways Ooh.
2: back in the woods. So stay tuned wow. for some
3: details on
2: that.
1: That sounds like a blast. That's awesome. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I'm
2: just picturing a vampire hopping out and then giving me a beer.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing, actually.
4: What beer are you guys drinking right now? Because I'm going to go get one. Yeah, we got going to get one. Tell yeah. Jo- Johanna? Johan. 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 Sorry, German-style
3: right. Pilsner. Tell Henry I said to take care of you.
1: All right, gotcha. Nice. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, he was three. So, yeah. Congratulations. That's all right. Um, but yeah, so what's it like? Um, I guess, like, uh, what what kind of beers do you bring down here? And how does this differ from your normal tap room operations?
3: So I guess the biggest differentiator is, you know, we're limited here. Capacity wise, one, to keep things cold. Because sure. what you see is what you get. I built some cold box over there. That, that's Butch, is the big wooden tap thing. Yeah. And I put nice. that together. It's got some insulation. But, uh, you know, we try to bring our mainstays, things that are will appeal to most palates. So, for example, the Bing Bang Boom, which is our classic IPA, big seller. We yeah. always had the shop also here. And, you know, something more uh, domestic in relativity. So, like, this seller, this is our Colch, our, our German style coach, And yep. then Johan, our German style are also very popular. From there, we fill the cracks. We have our Saison on today. Uh, might be our Belgian pale ale. Every once in a while, we'll throw a porter or a double IPA in, but you got to be careful out here in the heat with that kind of stuff. Sure.
1: So what about, uh, what's the weather been like? How do you guys manage, like, you know, if you guys are only doing Sundays and you get a little bit of rain, how does that pan out usually? You know, we
3: roll on pretty much unless it's an absolute 100% chance of a washout, which fortunately, knocking on that wood, it hasn't happened yet. Oh, that's awesome. I got two Sundays on the books where it was actually rainy, and even then we had about 60, 70 people come out, so. Oh, that's great. Plenty of coverage.
1: Yeah. So, what goes into um, setting everything up with, uh, you've got Dressler Estate here, we've got uh, the Flying Dutchman's here today as the food truck, so are you handling the food trucks or does somebody else do that?
3: Yep, it's myself, my wife helps out a lot with that, and obviously some suggestions from you know friends that got them, but yeah. we pretty much try to get it booked all the way out in advance because they book up pretty quick, especially I believe this it. season.
1: Nice. Yeah. So, um, how do you guys, or how did you choose who to bring down for food trucks and and other vendors to have here, like, um, you know, like Dressler, for example?
3: Well, Dressler, obviously, that's our, you know, at the shop, that's our mainstay cider. That's the cider up there. Very, very popular, right? Yeah. So, we have a relationship with them in that regard.
1: And And they're Downingtown town locals, too. Exactly. So, you know.
3: Our mission always, whenever we go out on the road, is to try to bring the feel of what we got at HQ Headquarters sure. out on the road. Same thing. So nice. here you can get the same sparkling that you can up at the shop, or the yeah. new one, which is uh, the Riverside, which is delicious. I haven't had that one it's yet. It's very, very good.
1: That's exciting. So um, talk to us about the live music, too, because um, we know that's very special to you. You said you played here before. I know that you're a very talented musician. I've seen you play live a few times. Nice. i tried. And, um And... <laughs> You know, so I'm sure that was a big part of what you wanted to do here. Uh, what goes into, like, booking the bands and who you bring in, and, and how does that work?
3: It's a lot of time, honestly. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, you're scouting through material, and there's a ton of acts out there. You know, for us, we, we strive for quality in everything we do, so we try to bring in the best that we possibly can, right? The best show for people. So, you know, there's that layer to it. Uh, the orchestrating of calendars is always a challenge, you know, sure. trying to get it. But I've come to find in the three years we've been running it as a live music venue, if you will, and doing the bookings myself, yeah. it's the more in advance you can get it done, the better off. Yeah. So just push play for the rest
1: of the year, man. That's uh, the goal. That's awesome. Yep. So uh, what's what else is new and exciting? Do you have any plans on new things to do here or things that you want to do to help make the experience any better, if, if that's even possible?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So thinking of ways to enhance it. Um, more so this year, we have some activities, some specialty Saturday pop-ups that are happening. Oh, yeah? Oktoberfest theme event will be that weekend that Oktoberfest typically would. It'll be the first weekend in October. Um, they're not doing it in Munich. They canceled it for obvious reasons, unfortunately, but we're going to keep it going. Um, but outside of that, I'm really more looking to get this full year done, this full project done, yep. and look forward to next year. Yeah. And just come back next year with just a whole other layer of upgrades to the whole event. Yep.
1: I mean, when every time that I've come here, it's been a very smooth operation. Things are, um, you know, the lines move quickly. It's very organized with people, you know, um, when they pull in, you've got people helping them park and doing things like that. But, um, you know, if you don't mind, try to tell us what it was like when you first started doing it and how it evolved and, you know, hopefully got a little bit smoother, a little bit better. Yep. And, and what was that like?
3: Sure. So... You know, planning for it, the first thing that we had in our mind was, you know, how the hell are we going to keep beer cold? Let's start there, right? So it was that whole process. How much beer can we actually bring down? The storing of things. Because as you see, you know, this park, it's not just rented for us. They use it for weddings. They use it for life events. They rent it out to the public for whatever, you know, uh, for private events. So when it's booked, i got to move all my shit out of here so they can park in there. So I purchased a shed, popped that over there in the lot. The owners were, you know, kind enough to let me do that, which saved me... Loading my truck like we were heading yeah. out west. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, so from when we started out, sorry to answer your question, it was very well thought out, I'd say, uh, as far as a plan and operation. We actually went bigger. There was two bars set up originally. Yeah, I remember. I kind of backed my way into it, just planning for, you know, whatever we could do, the chaos. Sure. And so I guess the biggest change is we really cooked it down. We realized it's more efficient this way, centralized operation here in yep. the main bar that's already built in just enhancing that so i added another point of sale system so now there's two queues at any given time there's two people running point of sale and two people pouring those beers you move over to the left it's it's fast yeah you know that's the goal
1: that's awesome it does go quick thank
3: you are you guys doing any um to-go beers out of here yeah we are on rotation we had a big bunch last weekend we don't today um but it's kind of on rotation but yeah we have takeout cool so you could uh depending on the weekend
2: come down here even just swing by, and grab a couple four packs. Yep. Maybe hook up a little food from the Flying Dutchman. That guy's crazy. Yeah. Talk to that guy. No. You? He's crazy. Is he? He's a good crazy.
1: What kind of food is that? German, Dutch. Yeah. Legit. Okay. Dutchman. Dutchman. right? <laughs> yep. That so was like he, what? Like schnitzel? What's he got over there?
3: He's got schnitzel. He's got brat. knockers. Nah, I mean, he's it's Ooh. and it's delicious. Simple, clean, clean ingredient. He does nice. a good job. Gentleman's name Sterling. Chef Sterling. Sterling
1: yeah. Okay. Very cool. So um, let's talk about the beer quick because we're drinking on a – what do you have, a cellar? I
3: had a Johan as well. Oh, you
1: had a Johan as yeah. well? So um, just remind the people about Johan and, um, and the recipe and, um, you know, what it is you guys were trying to pull off with that, with, with that one.
3: Sure. So we had a sixth spot on our tap list for a flagship, if you will, right? Sure. So, you know, naturally we wanted some kind of lager on there, and we figured why not, you know, do a replication of a German-style Pilsner. In honor of Johan Kirschner, who was the first Kirschner to come over you know, to the U.S. and set up Roots here. So oh, that's awesome. That's kind of the backstory behind that. Such a good story. It's, thanks. As far as the beer, it's it's straight up, man. It's clean, straightforward. You know, Pilsner malt, obviously. Noble hops. Lagered uh, appropriately, like four to, you know. Every once in a while, we get a two-month lagering out of it. If We yeah. keep the tank that's sitting not bad. there. It's, that's it's not bad. Yeah, we're trying. <laughs> it's tough keeping up with that turnover. God oh, bless yeah. Baz, man. I wouldn't want his job. Tell you that. Yeah.
1: What's Baz do on Sundays?
3: Uh, He usually kicks it with the family, man. Catches up. Yep. He's there during the week just packing uh, packing his tanks.
1: Yep. You might see him here in a little bit. I'm sure he'll be by. I saw you guys on the um, Fox 29. Yeah. That was was pretty cool. Yeah, my man. Yeah, I saw... um when uh, when Baz was stirring the uh, the kettle yeah that was hilarious yeah it's that, big that old was a good time. we were making yeah. that day <laughs> <laughs> and the cameraman was you know coming up the stairs and uh, he was like, the whole th- yeah yeah flagging them all. that was hilarious <laughs> cuz i mean i guess they're trying to you know have a good production yeah. and yeah they shout out uh, what's that guy's name bob kelly yeah, yeah. bob kelly yeah.
3: he couldn't very well shove his head In an actual pot yeah. of match, it's <laughs> a fucking liability. It's right. my language.
1: but yeah, that was uh, that was a good time. But uh, I've seen he's come back a couple of times. Yeah, so uh, that's pretty cool.
3: Yeah, we just did an event with them. Um, it's for Kelly's kids. It's for St. Christopher's Hospital a toy drive for them. Oh, that's right. So yeah. he has a big connection with that, and you know, we love that kind of tie-in with social responsibility. It's a big part of our culture, if you will. So sure. Yeah, we linked up after and did a follow-up event just last week.
1: Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Is he a beer guy? He is. Yeah.
3: Yeah. He's a 10 a.m. beer guy, man. After that take <laughs> it, it was as early. as that's live news. It yeah. Really is. Oh, that's awesome. Those guys are probably up at like two in the morning.
2: Yeah, I know, right?
0: Schedule,
1: yeah? yeah. Did you ever see that uh, that show uh, morning show on Apple TV? No, it's I kind not. of like a uh, almost like a, a Good Morning America type vibe. But I thought it was hilarious because uh, Jennifer Aniston wakes up. And her alarm goes off, and it's like 2 in the morning because she's got to get ready for, like, you know, the the news first thing in the morning. And she cracks a Red Bull while her coffee's going. So she's, like, sipping on a Red Bull as the coffee's brewing. I was like, yeah, that, that's what it's like to get up early, I'm sure. Gotta
0: do what you
1: gotta do. I, I bet you Bob Kelly's just like that. Yep. So um, tell the listeners a little bit about what's new and exciting at Skip Back, what people can uh, can do, and uh, when they come to visit, what they can expect.
3: Yeah, it's get back. You know, it's obviously the space itself. We did a whole upgrade of the front, uh, adopting with the new, you know, way of things of operating. We had yeah. to expand our front and convert our front lot into a seating area. So sure. I built a big old beer hut out there. It's got four beers on tap and everything else that we would have inside out there. Yeah. You know, we put some turf out. We have Cornhole League that's running on Wednesdays now. So, we're, you know, we really activated that. Oh, lot that's cool. True beer garden on-site type setup. Yeah. So we're going to run that all through the fall. I beer think. garden. Yeah. Or, um,
1: Bago yeah, man. cornhole, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, uh, is it? Uh, what are the other names? Bago cornhole, Bago
1: cornhole, um, cornhole. Um, beanbag toss, sack toss, Sacko. Sacko, Yeah, jinx. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. I um, I don't know. I just I love obviously playing that game. I think just about everybody does. But I think it's fun. Like I've never tried like a tournament. Yeah, it's fun. I think that'd be awesome. So Those guys even, guy is even fun to watch. Whoop your yeah, ass! Oh my god!
3: Some of the, Yeah, it's whoop. It's crazy. It's crazy. They kind of take the recreation fun out of it for me. I'm oh, like, yeah. I don't even play cornhole. They're too anymore. good. It's just buckets, <laughs> bucket after bucket yeah. after
1: bucket. No, Swishes.
3: Everybody likes to be outside, like you were saying, so we're like, let's make it happen yeah. you know, full on. Remind what me what
1: goes on with food there. How do you guys do food and skip back?
3: We, we divert it to our neighbors. You know, We yeah. have so much good food option there. It's just the best bet for everybody. Um
1: cuz you got that like awesome Italian market yeah, right there right they're the bomb right yeah.
3: right next to our neighbors you know they're kind of doing revamps and they're growing and, and doing the same things yeah. that everybody's doing so but they're v- right there very accessible they're kind of coming with a new model which is good for them where it's it's that true just walk up and order and just we're almost just now sh- truly conjoining and sharing our space where it's just oh, that's cool. big open air type, yeah. type space
1: so, that's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of neat. What kind of stuff do you get from the um, from the Italian place? Are they doing like hoagies and
3: yeah? Their sandwich deli game is ridiculous. Yeah, it, hands down, it's one of the, you know it's one of their most notable things since they've been open for before these owners, right? Sure. Uh, outside of that, they do some you know fried fare that's specific for the brewery and things that are specific for the brewery. They're revamping that right now, but it's you know it's a big mix. It's that's awesome. Mix. Mm-hmm.
1: I love that area. I mean, that Skippack Village is so beautiful. It is. It's such a cool place because it's like. You're, it's Montgomery County is is very big and you know there's a lot of people but it feels like such a small little cute town, yep. um, and I don't know and it, and it's not that hard to get to. I mean you can get there. I used to do four twenty two three sixty three. Yep. You know what I mean. 73, no matter which and way go there. To, you
3: find a nice back road too. Yeah,
1: exactly. 113 is nice. You can head up there, head one thirteen back, hit up Phoenix Hill on the way back down. I but
3: stop at Stickman mostly. All the yeah. time. Yeah. 113. So it's always the route I take back to Downtown from Skip Back depends on time of day, always. Sure. If it's after like, work hours, I take 113 straight to. shot. You yeah. got to do it. So when I do so, naturally, hey,
1: stick man. right on the right, baby. I'd like to get that
3: guy on. We've, we've talked about that forever,
2: and we just never hooked up with
1: him. Yeah, i gotta I got to try harder to get a hold of that guy. Evan or something, right? Evan, yes. Yeah.
2: He's definitely uh, very opinionated.
1: He's a character, man. His uh, social media, he yeah. just he cracks works. me up.
3: Yeah, he's funny. He's good stuff. And good beer, more importantly. I really enjoy his stuff,
2: man. Oh, yeah,
1: he's yeah. Good good job. He does a good beer, yeah. for sure. So, um, anything else going on? Anything new and exciting that you want to plug? And yeah,
3: so we're we have this sneaky project that we've been working on Ooh, for, like for the last couple years, we'll say, put on hold for the year that basically never happened. But long story short, back kicking and will be debuted at Highland Orchards. Um, working on a trailer, and it's not Ooh. you know your typical tap trailer. Uh, it's a little bit different, is all I'll
1: say. All right, interesting. Kind to leave that right there. What does that mean? I don't know. Do what could mean? it mean? Does it have three axles instead of two? Dancers? Are there dancers? Dancers. I was getting technical, but, like, mechanical, but I don't know. There could be dancers. There could be... Uh,
2: vampires with beer?
1: Yeah. that That's a thing. I think that we could turn that into something. Yeah, that idea, like, just got my gears turning, and I think there should be some kind of uh, haunted house, vampires, and they reach out and, like, get, hand you beers. And, yep. like,
2: maybe if you, like, Corn- survive each level, like, you get a different beer. Oh,
0: Ooh.
3: If you get all the way to the end, what is your <laughs> at the end? I made it. Beer, yeah, like a uh, like a barley wine.
2: Yeah,
1: hmm. we, yeah, we got to keep that going. But Kevin, man, I know I know you got a lot of stuff going on, but um, thank you so much for inviting us to do this. Pleasure, and for setting everything up, and obviously hanging out, and um, you know, you're a big supporter of the show. We really, really appreciate it. But anybody that's listening, make sure you look up Brothers Kirshner Brewing online. Look for their social media accounts, follow them. Obviously, Skip Back, Pennsylvania is where the main brewery is, but this uh, fantastic Brothers on the Brandywine is such a cool thing. This is one of my favorite places to hang out. It's so much fun just on a weekend, beautiful day, sun shining. People are, you know, uh, sitting at picnic tables, um, getting pours, getting some food. Uh, there's a little playground over there for the kids also a handful of things you know a merry-go-round some swings but it's just a fantastic place to be and uh, we're so happy
2: to be here so you can go to skip back you can go to the Brandywine, one yep. you can go to highland orchards they're yep. all over
1: the place man. Working on yeah that's awesome thank you very cool stuff well thanks again for hanging out we really appreciate you and um, yeah we'll, um, we're will we going to uh, take a quick break and we'll grab another guest and we'll be back in just a minute
4: are you looking for cloud solutions The cloud has fundamentally changed how we work, live and play cloud infrastructure services are the fastest growing segment of the $257 billion cloud computing industry. Linode is the largest independent open cloud provider in the world with 11 global data centers, serving nearly a million customers and businesses around the globe. Linode continues to play a significant role in the technological advancement of cloud computing. Their expansive global network makes cloud computing simple, secure, and affordable. Plus, they have award-winning support. Their people are some of the smartest in the industry. No tears, no handoffs. Their highly trained support professionals are always ready to answer your call 24-7. I said affordable, but that's just a word. Linode could literally cut your cloud computing cost in half. Say goodbye to AWS and go with the cloud computing that developers trust for a fraction of the price. And if you use our link, Linode is going to give you $100 just to get started. If you are a developer in need of cloud infrastructure solutions, Linode is a no-brainer. Head over to linode.com slash mbn today to get started and claim your $100 credit. That's linode.com slash mbn. Linode, accelerate your innovation.
1: And we're back. So, right now, we are still here at um, Brothers on the Brandywine.
2: We're back, but we never left.
1: We're back, but we never left. Exactly. (laughs) But uh, we're hanging out with Olga from Dressler Estate. Olga, how you doing? Good. How are you? Doing fantastic. I always want to say Dressler Estates for some reason. I always put an S on it when I say it Is everybody it, does really yeah just one I don't know There's why only one estate yeah. that usually drives me crazy when somebody's like I'm going to Walmart." oh yeah that's like a, that's the worst right Just you told me how dumb you are Right. Yeah. Now. I like
5: to say people are being very optimistic for, yeah, right? our, for <laughs> us yeah right
1: Yeah, that's a good way to look at it like we've got estates over here at Dressler okay not just estate but um, for some reason yeah then like when I actually like tagged you guys in something and saw the spelling I'm like why do I always put an S on the end it's like Walmarts I guess but
2: brothers a, on the Kirshner's, <laughs> brothers <laughs> yeah. on the Brandywines, we'll just put S's on everything. The Flying Dutchman's, this is over there yeah. <laughs> serving up the Bratz's.
1: Yeah, so yeah, that's just uh, my crazy brain. But, um, so Olga, you just uh, opened up a cider for us, so um, let's uh, which one is this?
5: Yeah, so this is Rain Watcher, um, and I decided to open this one for you guys first. Uh, it's actually. Um, sourced from two orchards just down the road here on Strasburg Road, um, so Romansville. Uh, We met the grower um, that manages these two orchards a couple years ago, and last year was the first time we got access to some of his fruit. And there's a whole story behind why we named it Rain Watcher, but it's a really... Unique uh, blend of cider specific varieties. Um, so most of our flagships we make with um, just dessert varieties. Okay. Um, so they're going to be a little bit higher in acid but super like crisp and refreshing. The Rain Watcher um, has a little bit more structure and complexity to it because of the apples that go into it. So, um, you know, with that in mind we wanted to treat it a little special so we bottle conditioned it so it's a natural carbonation. Nice.
1: It's so crazy like right off the bat I'm used to all the beer talk, right, with the uh, the hops, the grain ingredients and things like that. So, like, I don't even really understand the first thing that goes into it. Because, you know, of course, anybody that has ever been in a produce section sees that there's different kinds of apples. Right. So there's got to be so many different things that you can do with them, the different uh, varieties and variants, you know, with the... You uh, got to be careful with variants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> <I> know, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, with, with all the... Um, like just like you said, with the different, some are or more sour, some are more desserty, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. But um, try, try to give somebody like the a basic idea. of somebody's yeah. like, okay, what is it that you guys do? What is like um, a hard cider or whatever you want to call it? What you guys do? What would you say to somebody that just asks like, what is Dressler Estate?
5: Oh, um, I mean, at our. This is such a pun at our core. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we're really just a, a husband and wife team. Um, it's me and Brian. Mm-hmm. And um, we both grew up um, in Pennsylvania and really just love um, the agriculture in the state. And um, Brian is an engineer at heart. Um, and he always has wanted to, like, do something, you know, that he can make with his hands. And sure, um, we got into cider making just... For fun, um, and then it became an obsession. Yeah, <laughs> in a good way. I can see that. Um, and it, it's really just uh, our our company is really just a reflection of us as people. Um, we put everything into the ciders that we make, and our relationships with our customers, and the experiences that you know we put on. Um, especially like here at Brothers on the Brandywine, um, yeah. it's all just you know how we're working with people um sure. giving them you know a good insight into how agriculture can impact their drinks as well um sure. and giving them something good to drink
2: yeah what makes cider cider mm. and and where i'm going with that is and i i keep wanting to relate it back to beer which yeah. maybe i shouldn't do but that's all i know so that's what i'm going to do anyway the way I think of hops and and barley and and yeah. malt, how does that relate to the apples? Yeah. Like, is, is the apple the hop? Am I just going down a totally wrong road <laughs> thinking of it like that?
5: I think um, a more uh, a, a better association to make for cider is to compare it to wine uh, because it starts as a fruit. Um, so I'll step back a little bit and say with beer. Um, with all alcoholic beverages, you need to start with a sugar and with beer, you're boiling that malt um, and barley and just the grains to get the sugar out into your liquid. And then you're going to ferment that. And there's, you know, everybody's recipe in terms of like how much of each type and the hops that they're using either before um, or after. And uh, that's going to create their flavor profile. In cider and wine, you're starting with a pressed fruit and that sugar is already available. You don't have to do anything. You're just pressing the fruit and getting a liquid that has sugar in it and then fermenting that. And you can still do a lot of things there. um, And that's all up to the personal preference of, you know, that maker, the winemaker and the cider maker. Um, They can just leave the fruit as is. They can naturally ferment with the yeast that are on the fruit. Um, They can you know, use commercial yeast, which, um, is pretty common a lot of times as well. Um, and then they can also, you know, impact it with oak tannins, um, you know, after the fermentation and things like that. So there's a, a lot of similarity, but also a lot of differences. Um, and then in the cider world, um, sort of an easy way to talk about, you know, how cider is made and what makes, um, the variety in cider is the apples. So in wine, you're seeing different grape varietals, and you can do single varietals, and you can do blends. Um, cider has, or I should say apples have four major categories. There's your sweets and your tarts. Those are going to be a lot of the things you see in the grocery store okay. um, that are good for eating. And then there's also two other categories, bittersweet and bitter bittersharp. Um, so obviously oh, wow. sweet and, and sharp or sour um, but they have that bitterness and astringency. Those are apples that aren't great for eating but are really, really good for making cider. Yeah,
1: that's, like, something that just occurred to me is, like, <laughs> you know, every once in a while, like, if you, like, find an apple tree and you, like, eat the apple off the tree, you're like, oh, yeah. yeah, this, this isn't yep. awful. necessarily edible. But right. it's good for something.
5: Yeah. So, uh, and a lot of times those are going to be crab apples, too, because um, sure. they're mm-hmm. kind of, like, wild and they just grow um, all over the place right and some crab apples have high tannins they have high acid mm-hmm. um, and they are a lot of times incredibly fragrant which is going to impact you know the finished fermented profile in such a good way um, so Rainwater actually has a good mix of some of those cider specific varieties that there are some bittersweets and bitter sharps in that mix um, the particular blend it's about 50% gold rush which I'm sure a couple of people have heard of gold rush is a good eating apple but it's also highly prized in the cider community um for its cider making qualities yeah um it's a good it's a really good apple keeps for a long time so reasons why it's great for eating um but it also just ferments out really nicely so i've seen a couple of cider makers just use gold rush that's the only apple in the blend um but it also mixes well with some of the other um varieties so this Particular blend has some interesting apples: Roxbury Russet, Porter's Perfection, um, super like unique um, varieties that aren't great for eating, so you don't hear about them that often. Wow! Yeah,
1: I can only imagine how deep that goes. Like same thing, like when you're talking about hops and things like that. There's so many varieties yeah. out there, and right. you get uniqueness out of each one, but. That, that's really crazy. What about yeast? Do you guys use different yeasts, or is it kind of the same thing for the most part? Um, for it, what the what
5: most part, we've um, selected a strain that we really like. Um, it is a champagne yeast. Mm-hmm. Um, the typical okay. one you'd see with people who are into like home fermenting and making their own cider is going to be um, produced by Scott Laboratories. It's EC1118. It's very popular. Okay, um, It's similar to that, um, but our... Um, The company we work with, uh, they mostly make products for winemakers, and they've got kind of like a budding cider industry um, that they're tapping into, Um, so we've been working with them for a while. And the champagne yeast that we use from them is a little more aromatic. Um, Okay. So, I find most um, makers will say that champagne yeast strips a lot of flavor. Um, and a lot of the aromatics because it's very aggressive. Champagne yeast okay. is um, generally used yeah. to um, do like bottle conditioning yep. um, if it's not specifically just used for champagne production. Gotcha. Um, and with that, it's going to be a great, like, it's considered a killer yeast. It, it outcompetes all of the yeah. other stuff. Right. Um, wow. So, so I mean, it be could be good. aggressive. Sure. So it's, you know, good to, to do your tests and see how it reacts with your your juice. Um, so we love it and we use it um, pretty much for all of our flagships and most of our specialty ciders, but we have experimented with other stuff and I've got something for you later. Nice. Yeah, yeah
1: I'm excited for that.
2: <laughs> What's your favorite eating apple?
1: I don't know. Um, I don't know. Honeycrisp. Yeah, that's little, what it is. I couldn't think doubt. of it, but yeah, that, that's probably that's it.
2: I get something else the kids like throw them back at me. Yeah, I
1: can't even buy it. Yeah, no. Honeycrisp, you're right on. Okay. They're delicious.
5: Have you guys heard of the Cosmic Crisp? It was like no. this huge marketing effort behind creating a new variety of apples. Really? It's so obnoxious. Like oh, millions really? of dollars. That's crazy.
2: So like the uh, like the candy, Did you uh, have one? cotton candy candy. I haven't had
5: one. There's only like so many bushels that you can get in, oh, really? across the country. Yeah, they have it like patented and everything. You have to like buy a license to grow wow. the apple. The apple industry is very interesting, and I could really go off on a tangent. Mm -hmm. Might be (laughs) apples.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Start a whole podcast on it. Have an apple podcast. Yeah.
5: Yeah. So, you were talking
1: about um, the the apples coming locally that you're you're working with different. I mean, do you work with different farmers, different orchards, and source them from. What goes into that? Why do you uh, partner with uh, multiple people instead of putting all your eggs in one basket, let's say?
5: Um, There's a couple of reasons. Um, So obviously, uh, you know, there's sort of the supply chain um, impact. Uh, So making sure that we have a variety of people to work with. Brian and I um, started our cidery. um, We were making cider in our apartment, and then we decided we were going to buy a house that was... Um, licensed in such a way that we could start a home-based occupation. And nice. then we um, licensed and renovated a garage um, after we bought our house. And we started our cidery there um, just over four years ago. Wow. And with that, we obviously didn't have any land. So it's crucial for us to partner with orchards. Right. And the first orchard that we partnered with is Kaufman's Fruit Farm based out of um, Bird in Hand in Lancaster County. Okay, yep. Um, And that's the um, orchard that we use for our flagships, Modern Still, Modern Sparkling, King in Arms, and a lot of our other sort of like um, offshoots from there. Um, But after that, we really wanted to start um, working with other orchards because the second factor is um, the area where apples are grown have an impact on the flavor so we wanted to work with a few different orchards so that we could really talk about how the land is represented through the products that we're making. Wow! So we work with um, that uh, orchardist here in Chester County. Um, We manage a... (laughs) (laughs) That's coming through pretty good, isn't it? (laughs) They're having a grand old time. (laughs) We're Um, a
2: music and a cidery podcast all in one.
5: (laughs) (laughs) These people listening are going to have a great time, too. Yeah, right? Um, So, you know, just working with the different growing regions um, across the state uh, can have an impact on the finished product. And I think it's a really great... Way for us to also talk to our customers and show them, you know, this is really similar to wine. Um, You can see um, how the harvest years, you know, was it sunny, was it rainy, uh, all of that impacts. Yeah. Um, So the second place that we work with in Chester County, we actually manage that orchard ourselves um, in Downingtown in partnership with the landowner. Um, It's a private site, um, so he's not like a big name. You won't find him if you Google him. Um, But his um, orchard has uh, about 700 trees. It's it's an acre planted right now. And um, we make one product from that every year. And three seasons now we've had it. And uh, you can really see how it's progressed over the years there's there's a a distinct difference between um you know 2018's harvest 2019's harvest and we're getting ready to bottle the 2020 harvest now um you can really see uh how it changes from year to year based on sunlight you know rain and all of that that's incredible
1: Mm -hmm.
2: how many apples are you guys plowing through in a year
5: that's tough to quantify a little bit, <laughs> um, especially because we work with Kaufman's and uh, they press for us. Oh, so, okay. um, but you know, you could definitely get some rough numbers. Um, every uh, gallon of cider is about two to three bushels of apples, and each bushel is about forty pounds of apples. So, you know, just kind of like extrapolate that out.
2: It's a lot of apples. It yeah, is. It's a ton.
5: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I wasn't sure if, like, there was a puree happening or juicing them or <laughs> exactly how that happens, but yeah, that's wild. And it's so crazy. So, like, something, like, I never really, I guess, understood with, uh, with farming and things like that at an orchard. I mean, are you harvesting the apples once a year? Yeah. Or do you get them multiple times a year off of the tree?
5: Um, So there's a harvest period for sure. And different varieties will um, hit their peak ripeness at different times throughout the year. Um, Generally speaking, um, apple varieties will start some of the earliest ones at the end of August, but mostly September. Um, And then there are a few varieties that will go all the way into November, um, Gold Rush being one of them. It really... Um, it'll hang on the tree as long as it can. Sometimes, um, I've heard some orchardists say that they have to pick it before the first frost. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and then it packs really, really nicely over, nice. um, the winter. So yeah, you harvest everything, you know, in the fall and then, um, depending on your operation, um, places like Kaufman's they have a really big, um, Climate-controlled facility, okay, um, nice. where they can store their apples um, over the winter, so they can press um, cider year-round. Which is another one of the benefits of why we sure. decided to work with them. Wow, um, a lot of orchards are not set up to press year-round. Yep, because um, it's wow. there's a huge
1: cost associated I believe with it, that. Yeah, temperature control, yeah. all that stuff, storage, just yep. having the space. Yep, I believe that.
5: And the pressing operation. There's not many places that do custom.
1: Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. So tell us about um, this one in particular. Is, is there anything that you think we should be um, tasting or like how would you describe somebody to like educate them on what's going on in this one?
5: Yeah. Um, so Rain Watcher, you guys have had our Modern Sparkling. We've yep. poured it at a couple of festivals that you've been at. And Rain Watcher is similar to Modern Sparkling in that it's um, bottle-conditioned, naturally carbonated. So you get that little bit of breadiness to it. Um, really subtle because we leave the yeast behind, so it's got that kind of brioche flavor. Um, but the apples contribute um, some tannins, which um, give it that extra drying character. Okay. So it's dry because yep. there's no sugar. We ferment mm-hmm. them all, all the way out, um, our, most of our ciders, mm-hmm. with the exception of our Golden Rosé. And, uh, so in this case, you know, it's obviously fully dry, but then that, uh, tannin, the astringency from the tannin, um, gives it that little extra bit. Yep. Um, I think, uh, you know, this has sort of like a richness to it. Um, partly because of the bottle conditioning, partly because of the apples, um, maybe like almost like a little spice at the end.
1: Yeah. It's delicious. What do you think?
2: I think it's very tasty. Um... It's and and one of the things I struggle with is trying to describe your stuff versus people that drink the mass hard ciders that are out on the market because right. that's what they think of as cider, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a cider, but this is different cider, <laughs> and and that's in my limited vocabulary. The dryness is definitely the first thing you notice is yeah. how quickly it's gone, and the. It's sweet without being sugary, overly sweet. Is mm-hmm. yep. the way also the way I yeah. tend to describe it?
1: Yeah, that's that's very well done. Yeah, Thank I, you. I think it's delicious. I love the dryness too, um, and the carb is fantastic. But yeah, that, that's what blows me away is like every time I have it, I'm like, I need to drink more of this mm-hmm. because it's it's so it's like I feel like it's a lot more easier to drink than wine, for example, and it's a great way to mix things up yeah. when you're just like tired of having another beer. Um, you know, it's a perfect thing to, to throw in the mix. Yeah. So, yeah. um, can we can we crack another yeah, one? Let's and do it. what I'd like to ask you is, um, you know, how did you get involved with coming down here to the Brandywine?
5: Oh, oh well, um, we are actually the house cider at Brothers Kirshner, um, at their brew house in Skip Back. Yep. And um, they uh. Decided to organize this um, beer garden. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were ready to rent the space for the whole season. And they asked us if we wanted to join them. Um, You know, they know, like most breweries do, that um, you get to, you know, please a larger group of people if you have variety. Yep. Um, And we already had a really good relationship with them. Sure. So... Um, you know, we don't have our own tasting room yet. We've been making our cider for four years and selling at farmer's markets and, um, you know, selling, uh, to bars and restaurants on draft or bottle shops. Um, and we were really excited to have like a steady place on a weekly basis where we could, you know, meet our customers and have them come out and enjoy our ciders by the glass, um, and not just say hi, bye and run, (laughs) run home. Um, so, you know, they asked us. If we wanted to participate, we said, "Yeah, how how often do you want us to be here?" And they said, "You can be here every week if you want and sign us up." So that's awesome. Um, we were really excited. Uh, started in April.
1: Yeah. So how's it, how you how do you think you've been received here, and um, how exciting is it? Do you feel like you're getting in front of like a bunch of new people that you normally might not?
5: Definitely. Um, I think you know, obviously, uh, CIDR has definitely got a different. Um, Volume than beer does um, because it's still a really young industry, right? Um, But I think for us, it's been huge. Um, We have like some of our already existing customers coming out here and just really excited to have a place to come hang out. Yeah, Um, but we've met a lot of new people, and I can tell you with certainty that. after the first couple of weeks, we had like a pre-planned vacation. So we knew we were going to be off for a weekend yeah. and some people came out and said, we're the cider people.
1: Oh no! Yeah.
5: <laughs> so we definitely, I think are leaving a good impression. Um, there are people that just, you know, are super um, excited to have an option for them. Um, yeah. People that just are surprised. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, well I like wine, but I'll try it. And they're always surprised and impressed. Um, and I think that's, you know, part of being a cider maker, honestly, is the educational piece. Sure. Um, and a setting like this is really good for that.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Being able to talk to people. And yeah. I think that's huge, being able to educate people and bring them in, like, a lot deeper on what the product is. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll have a much better appreciation for it. No what yeah. went into it. So you mentioned wine when I drink this one that's the first thing that comes to mind yeah. is it reminds me of a white wine so, so tell me what's going on I right.
5: love pouring this cider for people and I wanted to bring this and share it with you guys today because I think this is a really underappreciated style not only like um, cider just in general but this particular type of cider so this has no carbonation whatsoever right. this is our modern still and um, with that it absolutely is very much like a wine um, it's an apple wine, essentially. Sure. Um, but I, it's not super cold. Notice I um, this one I actually pulled out of the ice um, and let it come up to temperature a little bit. Yep. Um, it really opens up very nicely if it's not too cold. Um, and I think it's just interesting to let the apples shine on their own without sure. hiding behind carbonation. So you guys know from beer um, that carbonation is another type of acid, um, carbonic acid. And... Way too much science. Sorry, guys. Don't don't assume anything about us. (laughs) But, um, you know, it's another type of acid, and apple's um, acid, malic acid, um, is pretty strong. So a lot of people that are new to cider are always like, whoa, it's like very tart and sour. Um, and it's just because the acid's hitting their palate in a different place right. um, and it's new to them. So I think it's actually a little bit softer um, without carbonation um, because you're not getting those two types of acids like yeah. fighting on your palate. Um, so I think this one almost tastes sweet and it's absolutely dry, but it has that like sweetness from the apples. This it comes is through.
1: wonderful. Like <laughs> I, I thought for sure that I would like the carved one yeah. so much better. And I really liked it, but this just, I mean, the one thing that kind of just blows me away is, like, I feel like the there's such a balance here where nothing, like, I, I'm not, I can't say I'm an experienced um, cider drinker, but um, there, it doesn't feel like there's anything off. Like, this is just, like, a perfect drink. Everything is, like, there's all kinds of flavors going on and mouthfeel to it and things that we're used to talking about with beer, but... Um, it's just, it's amazing. And I, I love that little white wine, you know, um, whatever you want to call it, that flavor in there that's just reminding me of it. Yeah. And it's so good.
5: Yeah. I think it's a little saucy. <laughs> that's the way I would describe it. I, I think like
1: the, the back of your label describes
2: it perfectly. A blend of sweet and tart. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, you can you can definitely find those flavors in there. To me, it's a little bit more apple for mm-hmm. lack of a better descriptor. Sure. I feel like I'm tasting more apple in this one than I did in the first one. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I think the first one, like Brainwatcher, the tannins and the specific varieties that go into that blend, definitely had like almost like a mineral type of like character to it. It's a little more, um, I don't know. I would describe it. Um, m- probably fits more in the camp of like champagne because it definitely like goes through that process really similarly. Yep. And then the modern still, um, you know, was in a different direction with that still uncarbonated profile. Mm.
1: I could drink that all day.
2: <laughs> you talked about being the house cider at Brothers Kirshner. That's far from the only place where I've seen you guys at. <laughs> um, do you want to touch on maybe some of just the bazillions of breweries you guys are pouring at just so, so people would know where to find you?
5: Yeah. Um, so obviously Brothers Kirshner is one of the great breweries that we partner with. Um, East Branch Brewing uh, is another. Um, we're also the house cider there. Um and then another wonderful establishment in Downingtown, uh, Station Tap Room and Bottle Broom. Yep. Uh, they actually have a dedicated draft line for us. Um, so they'll always have our cider on tap. Um, one of their taps is dedicated to us. And uh, they rotate in our flagships and our specialty stuff. So right now um, they have a cider called Semi-Dry. Um, generally, we um, like to lean towards the dryer styles. That's our passion um, but we know that um, our customers do love something a little bit sweet Um, so we basically um, took our base blend um, same stuff that makes modern still um, and we force carbed it and added a little bit of um, sweetness to it Um, it kind of softens things up for people that aren't like fully ready for totally dry cider right I was. Um, I
2: was going to ask. You have your your dry, yeah. off dry, semi sweet, sweet uh, chart on the back here.
5: Yeah.
2: Have you ever gotten to the sweet? No. <laughs> have you ever gotten to semi sweet?
5: Uh, maybe close, but mostly in the off dry. So okay. even our golden rosé tastes sweet, but um, it's still on the scale technically an off dry cider. Um, but uh, who knows?
2: I remember. <laughs> I remember having that one and thinking, oh, it's sweet. Uh, it's gone. Where the sweetness, <laughs> yeah, right? it, it almost evaporated off of your tongue a little bit.
1: Yeah, some yeah. of those uh, other like commercially available ciders are just so sweet, and it's not something that like I've ever enjoyed. Um, but I think that's what I like about these. The, the sweetness is there. There's tons of fruit, tons of apple yeah. there, but um, it just it's you know it feels like a like a grown up version, you know. Yeah, much you more sophisticated. You, you
2: feel more mature.
1: Yeah, I do for sure. <laughs> it's good. I kind of want to start smoking a pipe. With it, you know, because I feel like that's, like, the ultimate mature thing to do.
2: I had a boss that uh, used to smoke a pipe. Yeah. But he would, and he would smoke it in our plant. I work in a fan factory. And, um, but only when he was super nervous. Really? So, so we were getting these new presses delivered. And when I tell you these presses made it into the building by, like, under an inch. Yeah. Like. Wow. Wow and he's puffing away on his pipe. <laughs> so whenever I think of a pipe, that's what I think of.
1: Yeah, I saw these like super dapper guys. I was at a uh, in Reno this week for work, but there was like a bar in the casino and there was these guys in the corner with like really nice goatees, smoking pipes and I'm like, those guys are way too sophisticated for me.
2: <laughs> Do they have handlebar mustaches?
1: I think one one guy did. For and sure. they say AC sigma. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's get into another one here. I want to uh, make sure that we, um, yeah. that we try these, and I really want to try to learn as much as I can about what is possible with uh, what? How do you what do you call it? Cidering?
5: Cider making? Cider making? Yeah,
1: is cidering one. a word?
5: Did um, I just make that up.
2: Has anybody, it can I'm be sure now. people have said it, but <laughs> do you need to add an S to it? Ciderings is ciderings
1: <laughs> uh, cider making.
5: Yeah, just like winemaking.
1: So. I mean, are you guys um, – I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I'm trying to figure out, like, did you guys have cider or discover cider and realize you liked it so much? And, and that's – like, what made you guys think, like, we have to start trying to make this on our own?
5: Yeah. I mean, there was definitely, like, a time uh, an experience that we had um, where we enjoyed a dry cider. We're so – blown away because we had definitely had angry orchard right you know the name that shall not be named (laughs) yeah i was i was purposely not naming i wasn't saying
2: them but she just throws it out there
5: i mean to be perfectly honest they did do a lot for the industry um you know they really pushed and they um you know they put about 50 percent of market share out there um for themselves and they got people to at least recognize that cider was a thing which is no small feat in its own right and yep.
2: it's not like they're marketing themselves as the be all end all the yeah fanciest most sophisticated cider you can drink yeah. they're aiming for what they're aiming exactly
5: yeah. so I mean they got people talking about cider which was huge um, but you know when we had that dry cider um we were blown away and we wondered why there wasn't, you know, we knew there were small cideries around the country, but why wasn't there dry cider from Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania's got a ton of apples. Like where are all the people trying to do this in Pennsylvania? Um, and at a certain point it clicked that if it was going to be anybody, it was going to be us.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So that's gotta be such an exciting idea. Yeah. I sit around most days trying to think of like, you know, um, like Uber for cutting your grass or something like that. Like I'm always like trying to come up with this like great idea. And I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I've really ever said that before. I, I'm, I'm confused. So That's, like, I'm just saying like, I pick you up on a lawnmower, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is <that what> happens? <laughs> you know, like it's what, a really what's gonna slow be, ride. What's going to be like the next, you know, uh, like big thing or like, what, what are we missing? What's something that, that, that I want or need. And there's not a, uh, somebody to supply that mm-hmm. service or that product. So I get really excited to think about you guys having that thought, like, this is incredible and nobody's doing it. Like, we need to jump on this. Yeah. And, and I have to say that, like, I get that experience because, like, I've had your stuff before and been blown away. And and But, like, literally, I, I hadn't had it in a while. And I ran into you guys last week mm-hmm. and had... Um, forget what the name of that one is over there
5: the golden Rosette. yes
1: <laughs> and had the first sip of it and was like holy crap and i've literally been thinking about it all week
5: <laughs> like so
1: excited to come back and have more because it does like,
5: that to everyone
1: I, I mean yeah i so i'm so excited like it's so nice that somebody's out there doing this because this is like um i, I just want people to try it because even if you like beer or if you like wine this can satisfy both people i yep. think
5: I For totally sure. agree. And that is one of the biggest things that um, pushed us to keep going um, when we got the initial idea. Um, and, you know, I think there's tons of education um, as a part of, you know, being a cider maker um, and in this young industry. So, um. is,
1: yeah, I mean, that's crazy to think about when you say young. I mean, how old do you think it really is? Or how young? I
5: mean, if. You know, and talking about Angry Orchard, I think they started in '95. Um, so but that's
1: crazy because I mean, wh- wh- how would you say the beer industry is? I mean, like, oh uh, gosh, ancient. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, dinosaurs might have accidentally made a beer.
2: I, I remember Angry <laughs> Orchard coming out.
1: Yeah, I'll right.
2: put it that like I yeah. remember that being a thing. Yep. I don't remember Miller like, coming out. <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. But tell us about a uh, Highfield origin, yeah. Highfield.
5: So, um, this one, uh, it shares some similarities with Rainwatcher, Watcher, um, but uh, this blend in particular for the the harvest year, um, these are 2020 uh, apples. This one is a split, two varieties, da- uh, Dabinet, yes, and Winchester. Um, don't judge it by the label because they're old. Okay. <laughs> um, so, Dabinet and Winchester were featured in this year's blend, and... Um, They're bittersweet, um, so they just have much more bold flavor. Um, So I think, you know, you had the Rain Watcher, subtle, you know, very light, refreshing. This one really hits you. You get like green apple up front, and then it really kind of like transforms into like more like mellow baked apple, but it's like really full and rich on the palate. Um, And then it's got the carbonation kind of like dancing throughout.
1: You nailed that. <laughs> that Like, as you were saying that, I went back and took another sip. I, don't, I just don't have, like, the uh, the vocabulary, I feel like, to uh, talk about a cider yet, but...
2: I know I want cheese with this one.
0: Mm.
2: I feel like I could make some plays. I could do
1: that. I, I could see that.
5: Yeah. Brian says there's a little bit of a tangerine he gets in the middle, too. It's very yeah, subtle. I could see
1: that. Yeah. And I felt like there was almost like a spice at the end. Like yeah. Yeah. Very, very subtle, but I'm like, after having the other ones, this one finishes like, mm-hmm. there could be like this little dash of like a... Like pepper. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, exactly.
5: So that's yeah. A,
2: like little coating that I feel like I get right at the very end. Yep. Mm-hmm.
5: Those are the tannins, really. They're like... Yeah. Uh, uh, the way a lot of people, you know, wine people describe it, uh, grippy, because it gets your palate. And it kind of sticks... I yeah. Love that. Yeah.
1: I need to get, like, a wine-tasting <laughs> class, I think, too. You need a Thethorus. Yeah, a oh, <laughs> I miss it, but Sizzles. there
5: were days when a Bottle Room did um, wine-tasting classes. Yeah, yeah. I get the
1: emails, but I never went. Yeah.
5: They're really, really awesome. Um, Shout-out, Kate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Hudson. She a baby. She
1: did. Congratulations, Kate. She doesn't yeah. listen, I'm sure, but... But her kid listens. I hear. Yeah, he or she's a big fan. So say congratulations (laughs) to your mom. Yeah, (laughs) that's hilarious. Oh, this is so good. I'm like, it blows me away. I want, I like, we got to have you guys on for another show Mm -hmm. because I want people to know about this so bad because this is like, it's just such a unique experience and it's so good for somebody. Like, I feel like when you become a, a fan of craft beer like we have and, a, and probably a lot of our listeners, you start to just develop a palate that mm-hmm. appreciates things a lot more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, you know, you, you start, like, uh, you know, maybe eating things that are, like, you know, you, you look forward to, like, um, the kind of menu that they have at a place like Station Taproom or yeah. whatever, right? You're, you're really trying to find things that are exciting and new. Yeah, and being experimental. More adventurous. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, when when you, once you've, like, um... I don't think at all that I have a sophisticated palate, but I do appreciate things when they're really well done, well balanced. Um, When it comes to food, drink, whatever it is, there's definitely an art to it. And when I I have these, it's like it blows me away how good they are. Thank you. It's just stuff that you feel like
2: people put work into.
1: Yeah, you can Like they didn't just
2: push a button and Angry Orchard (laughs) popped out the other side. Like there's some (laughs) some crafting to it.
1: Yeah, Yeah, there's not a press on the table over there that they're like, you know – just pressing and handing you a a cider like
2: although they are pressing
6: to get yeah
1: but you know what i mean (laughs) it's like it's just crazy like so are these would you say like when we talk about certain styles of beers um are very good for aging Mm -hmm. and and keeping around for a year or two and letting them develop in different ways yeah um what about ciders are there certain styles or are most of them
5: um it's so aging most of the ciders that are going to be good for aging um, are going to uh, have to include apple varieties that have tannins. So okay. the rain and the high field are both really good for aging. But something like our modern still or a modern sparkling, um, they are just, you know, eating varieties so they don't have a lot of tannins. They're just higher in acid. Okay. Um, and those are meant to be uh, consumed, you know, quickly. Yep. Um, more sessionable, if you will. Um, especially for the high fields, um, this one is from the 2020 harvest. So we, um, got the apples pressed in November of 2020. Okay. Um, and then we fermented, uh, it was probably about a two week fermentation. It's not very long because we use a champagne yeast and we like to do a warmer fermentation because it puts a lot of aromatics into, uh, the finished product. Yeah. And then um, we let it age for a good period of time because the tannins are real aggressive and the acid too. Everything needs some time to soften. So we usually let it bulk age for a couple of months and then we package this maybe about a month ago, um, somewhere between June and July.
1: Man, that's a lot of storage, like a lot of time just sitting there taking up your equipment. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. you can tell it's worth it.
5: Yeah. Um, just to do it the right way. Yeah. That's, you know, Brian is amazing with this, but, uh, you know, we really just have to, like, plan everything out. We know we want to make certain um, ciders based on harvest, so we really just have to plan around that for other um ciders that we carry around like the modern sparkling we just make them in larger batches and we sit on them for a little bit so that we can kind of work in the special stuff sure yeah
2: now when you say these with the with the tannins will age better Mm -hmm. what will happen to them i know if i age a really strong Mm -hmm. stout with a lot of bourbon into it that alcohol heat will kind of round out and pull off a little bit what will happen if i age these ciders
5: so um for the origin Highfield in particular, like um, the acid was really strong, um, the tannins were really harsh, meaning like um, they didn't have that subtle spiciness. They were more upfront. Yep. Um, all of that softens with time, and then. Um, with aged cider, similar sometimes there's some similarities in wine as well. Um, but I notice with our ciders in particular, you just get warmer notes um, after a year or two. Um, you get like baked apple, um, candied fruit, and things like that start to come out with with age. Um, so that's you know you can see it progress. And there's also sort of like factors of things that we don't know yet because. Um, you know, we've only been working with some of these orchards for a couple of years. Um, we're still, you know, a pretty young um, cidery as well, so we're learning, you know, what that looks like over a couple of years. So we've been saving some of the previous harvests to see how they do with age. I was going to ask, do
2: you have like a cellar where you have like your first couple bottles?
5: <laughs> Not as many as we would like, um, but yeah, we're trying to, to to do a better job with um, saving some stuff so we can see. Um, we had a small series of um, wild fermented or um, just fermenting with the native yeast on the apples. Um, and we did one wild John of Gold. We won first place in the sour category Ooh. at the farm show um, for that one. It was really awesome. And we didn't initially save some, and then we found a secret stash of them. And we had it recently, and it was incredible. Oh, nice. Um, it, like, mellowed out. Um, and you still got the oak cause we barrel rested it for a couple of months. Mm. Um, it was really, really lovely and I was very impressed with how it held up over yeah. time. Um, cause I think it's at least two, maybe three years old. So, nice. um, it was really, really nice and surprising to see. So that sounds amazing. Yeah. It does.
1: <laughs> I'd love to, I'd love to try like, um, uh, are any of these like any barrel on them?
5: No. Yeah. Not I, w- these. I would imagine mm-hmm. that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, We also do a really fun one called Outpost. Um, We take our base blend from Kaufman's and we add some brown sugar before fermentation. So it boosts the ABV to
0: 10%.
5: And it adds like a molasses character to it. Um, And then after fermentation, we pop it in a barrel and we let it age over the whole year. And then we package it like right before it gets cold. And it's deep colors like amber mm. and i mean you notice the high field this was um a little bit more golden yep. than like the rain watcher in the modern still um that is because of the tannin in the apples but you also get that when you have tannin and like oak sure that imparts some color um into gotcha. into the mix yeah. Um, so the outpost, you know, the brown sugar adds one piece of color, and then the oak adds another, and it's got this beautiful, like, deep amber color. And uh, then we back sweeten with a little bit of brown sugar, which we don't normally do, but yep. this one calls for it. It's almost like salting a steak. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love what you did with with bringing these because they're 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 so different. Yeah, it's such a it's so neat to be like. You know, if you think of cider, you're just thinking, like, that's alcoholic apples or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But there's so much that can be done. Yeah. And such subtleties that yeah. can make, like, a completely different yeah. product. Yeah. Even though it's all coming from the same fruit.
5: So many people told amazing. us in the beginning that we couldn't make interesting or um, elegant ciders from dessert fruit. And that was one of the biggest pushes. You know, after we got the initial idea, we right. sort of, like, dug our feet in. And we were like, we're going to show you. That this can be done. Um, And that's where Modern Still came from. That was actually our very first cider. So imagine hitting the market as a cider maker um, four years ago when it was still, you know, we, Angry Orchard had been around for enough time, but like small cideries, not so much. And we packaged a completely uncarbonated cider as our first and only product.
2: (laughs) was kind of like coming out with like some triple dry hopped IPA like in 1983.
0: <laughs>
5: yeah, right? <laughs> it was what kind was of crazy. Um, but we were like dead set on convincing people that they could take cider seriously. Yeah. Um, so we did that for eight months and then we came out with Modern Sparkling. And we were like, if we're going to do it, we want to do it right. We want to treat it the same way. So we want to show people that like a nice dry carbonated cider can, you know, be really elegant and it can surprise you, but it yeah. also doesn't need to be it super does. fussy. That's a thing, too, is, you know, we we take our cider making seriously, but, you know, we tell everybody, like, it's approachable, and yes. you don't need to fuss about it. Like, no. if you enjoy it, that's what matters. You don't need to sit here and give me your rundown on what you think it tastes like. Right. Um, I just want you to enjoy it. That's what I think, because <laughs> I
1: think almost anybody could drink it and really enjoy it, but... The people that do appreciate something that's well done yep. and can pick out some flavors, and uh, and things like that, would absolutely love it as well. Yeah. There's one more I want to try here before we uh, we wrap this one up. You guys but are gonna I, love this. I am already just impressed by the variety that you brought and what Thank you're you. capable of. Thank like you. Like just completely, like, not joking, blowing my mind. <laughs> I'm so, glad. So I'm crazy. glad. As
2: you're opening here, are you guys selling anything to-go for people that are coming down?
5: Uh, no. So we don't sell to-go here, um, mostly because uh, our our ciders are primarily in bottles, and you know we don't want to yeah. send people home with glass after Understood. they've had a couple of drinks. Um, but they can buy our ciders direct from us. Um, we have a little online shop, and we do pickups at our house, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is also our cidery. Uh, From 4 to 7 on Mondays. Um, And then we can always do, like, um, arranged pickups at other times. Um, We always give people flexibility.
2: So direct from the house, are you guys (laughs) still on some of the shelves of the uh, bottle room?
5: Yeah, yeah. Bottle room's always got our stuff in stock. Um, They actually have a surprise stash. I was in there the other day shocked that there were a few bottles left of Golden Rosé. They're completely sold out for everywhere else for the season. Like, we sold out months ago. Yeah, I believe it. I think... We released it at the beginning of May and it was sold out by the end of the month. So June and July were really tough because people were coming yeah. back asking for it. <laughs> we were like, we told you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, that's exciting. All right. So that one's sold out online. You can't get that
5: from us. From but you. Bottle Room definitely has uh, a couple bottles left. And you've which got is it really on tap awesome. here. We do. Um, so as soon as those kegs are gone, um, that's it for the season until we make it next year. So I could
1: potentially buy a 6 from you.
5: Oh no, <laughs> we don't have uh, any of those for uh, distribution, if you will. I gotcha. um, yeah, those are dedicated for for here. Gotcha. Um, I think we might have like one or two more weekends yep. left. I gotcha. Yeah. Um. So let me pour you. Ooh, sorry.
1: So this is interesting because it's canned.
5: Yes. Yeah, so this is our first canned cider. Um, it's called Dolores, which is um, Brian's those grandmother. Doubles. Um, it's can-conditioned, uh, so naturally carved in the can. Nice. Um, and the unique thing about this is um, that we used the Philly Sour Yeast. So um, Scott Labs, um uh, which is a parent company, uh, worked with the University of Sciences um, in Philadelphia, and they sent the class out, um, one of the brewing sciences class, mm-hmm. um, out into the city and asked them to collect samples, off of, like, fruit trees and things like that to see if they could find any promising yeast strains. And there was one harvested at um, a fruit tree in a cemetery in, like, West Philly. I think it's the Woodlands. Okay. And it was promising enough that they decided to produce it commercially. Uh, And that turned into Philly Sour. Um, So now any uh, brewery, cidery... I see it on menus all
1: the time now. Yeah.
5: You yep. can get it across the country and yep. I think internationally as well. Um, so I
2: guess the appeal to it is it's, it's very fast acting.
5: Yeah. Um, they were really interested to have us use it because I think we were one of the first, if not the first cider um, producers to use the yeast. So they wanted um, the trial data from us. So they actually sent us... Um, the samples, they are, they sent us the yeast um, for free and um, we exchanged our data, um, our fermentation data for them so that they could understand how it reacted with yeah. apples instead of, you know, beer ward, yep. um, which was really awesome. So shout out to Molly um, yeah. who hooked that up. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, uh, the interesting thing about this strain is that it produces a lot of lactic acid um, and we think that it imparts like a really lemony type of flavor Mm -hmm. to it Um, but still like super clean and you know kind of in our style
1: I don't know how to explain it and I'm gonna try to what's happening to me when I drink this but I feel like there's two levels or two layers of flavor happening and Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the sour and the sweetness Mm -hmm. but I almost feel like sitting on my palate are like two separate things that are almost like I don't want to say they're battling, but I can almost get both of them at the same time, and it's really interesting. It's 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 a very unique, um, like situation that I'm, <laughs> I'm dealing with in my mouth here. Trying to explain it, it's delicious. <laughs> it's amazing. Just, just just to make sure that's clear.
2: Yeah, I think in simplest terms, there's there's sweet and there's tart, and they're both kind of in there. And
5: yeah, it's it's almost like 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 a lemon shortbread cake type of thing going on. Yeah. I feel like, like a it's, lemon
2: cookie, maybe. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. I
5: feel like because it's can-conditioned, you get that breadiness, and I feel like that those two things interacting is where that is kind of like tricking your brain Yeah, a little bit. Um, but yeah, um, it's fun. Uh, we did oh, a really that. small run of this, um, so we only had like, I don't know. Probably like sixty cans or something like that per farmer's market for the okay. month we released it, and they sold out um, immediately. Oh, I it. Um, so we're definitely making this again. Um, we're really excited to yeah. make it again and make it a thing.
2: Was this your first canned?
5: Yeah, yeah. So um, what's the ABV on this one? 8.1. Eight point one. Yeah, yeah, because it goes through secondary fermentation. So we added a little bit of um, you know priming sugar to yep. do the the can conditioning, which kind of bumps it up a little bit.
1: I. I am so blown away by how good these are. They're just yeah. like hitting the spot today. And so much fun. Like Thanks, it is yeah. so much fun that like I think that's probably what I'm missing and like the word that I should be using every time that I have your guy's stuff <laughs> is it just is so, so fun? much fun. <laughs> Because it, it, it's different and it's unique. It's not something that you've potentially had before. If, if you've had those traditional s- super sweet commercial ciders mm-hmm. or if you're used to beer or you're used to wine, this could be something that checks a box that maybe you haven't checked off before. Mm-hmm. And, and it fits a spot. It scratches an itch. Yeah. <laughs> it, but it's so much fun and exciting and new. And I, I, I don't know. I'm just so crazy about it thank you i need to i just keep for like i don't know why that like i have these experiences and then i get distracted (laughs) but i need more and more and more of this stuff in the house all the time do it
5: you know where to get it yes (laughs) so
1: like dead serious you got you just said it but like the absolute best way to get it is just to hit you guys up online
5: yeah Um, website yep go to our website we have um all the information on how people can order direct from us real-time inventory through our cider shop. Yep. Um, nice. We do need to uh, bring the Hi- Origin Highfields into the store. Um okay. but people can get Modern Still, Modern Sparkling, King in Arms, and Brain Watcher right now. Um, and uh, then people can also catch us at our farmer's markets. We have all of those um, and the days we visit listed on our website, um, as well as all of the bars and restaurants and bottle shops that um, bring our ciders in on rotation. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so exciting.
2: Just make sure when you're going onto the website, Dressler Estate. Just one. Just yeah, one. Estates. Singular.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not Estates. Before we let you go, is there anything else new and exciting happening that you want to talk about? or?
5: Oh, um, well, I'll say um, a new and exciting cider that's going to come out next month is our Origin Manor. So it's a part of the same series. Uh, okay. Origin Series is our way of really like underscoring and highlighting the growing regions across the state. Um, nice. Origin Manor is... Um, Produced from that orchard in Downingtown Um, So all the fruit is from uh, That private site that we manage Um, And it's really special Mm. to us For that purpose, for that reason um, Because we really put um, A lot of time in there with the landowner Um, So we harvest all those Apples ourselves and press them In house literally at our house. Um, So that'll be releasing in September and um, it's really, really special. So I'm excited uh, to have that released. And then of course, people should keep an eye out for our next release of Dolores. Yeah. I'm I'm excited for that. I'm going to keep an eye out for it.
1: Stacy.
0: Yeah,
1: Awesome. Olga, thank you so much for sharing these with us and sharing your story and things like that. You guys are so much fun to talk to. Thank you, and a blast. And um, I really want to get another sh- another show together. Absolutely, but we can you know uh, do this again because this was so much fun. I-, I can't stop saying that. I just think that there's there's so much fun to be had with these.
2: We learn more during <laughs> yeah. these talks than we do with other talks.
1: Absolutely, a hundred percent. It's so it's so unique to you know what we've been doing. Well, it's
2: mostly because we're stupid
1: pretty much we start
2: we started at zero and she brings us up to like three
5: you're adventurous you're very adventurous
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right well thanks again we appreciate you you so much (laughs) and um, we'll be right back with more we're back. And we're back. (laughs) And And we're back. Uh, Brothers at the Brandywine again. But we're joined with some new guests here. We're hanging out with uh, best beer buddy, Brett. Brett, how you doing, buddy?
7: Hey, good to be back.
1: It's good to actually see you and talk to you. It's been like forever, I feel like.
7: Sometimes summer gets away a little bit, but but I'm glad we were able to bring it back around.
1: You said it earlier, life happens. Also, we've got Sean from Fan Brewing, friend of the show. What's up,
6: guys? How you doing? What's up, man?
1: So I want to start with you, Sean. Um, I just uh, drank your beer yesterday, and um, I don't know what it's called, but it was delicious. It was a double IPA.
6: You should know exactly what it's called. It's called Family Vacation.
1: Family Vacation.
6: Which which you've been doing all summer.
1: Pretty much. Yeah, Yeah, Absolutely. That's just how I live my life. Yeah. Except for when you're stuck in Dallas. That happened to me like two years ago.
2: Out of all places to be stuck.
1: It's the worst. I feel like there's like this, uh, I don't know, there's negative energy around Dallas and it does it to me on purpose. Like I just have a terrible time. Things go wrong.
7: Barbecue? Barbecue down there?
1: Nothing. I wasn't supposed to be there. It was supposed to be a a quick 45-minute layover for a plane that turned into missing my connection to having to spend the night and catch a flight in the morning. Which the worst part about it, just real quick, is I'm in Reno and they're having fuel shortages on the west coast so they say listen where our plane is not oversold but it's overweight because we don't have the fuel allocation can people please come off and we'll start at five hundred dollars. then they raised it to sixteen hundred dollars Ooh, that's a big jump then they raised it to two grand two
2: grand come off
1: the plane and i almost took it because i was i was texting robin and i was like they're offering two thousand dollar flight credits so like that's another No, wait to fly. a second. Flight credit? They're not or handing cash? you cash. Oh, well then that this is just flight credit, so you have to use it. You have all to use it with which which I would I would definitely do. So I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, it's the weekend, it's Friday night, she's not working, we don't have to worry about a sitter for the kids, I don't have anything crazy planned for Saturday. Maybe we can do it. But I'm like, fuck it, man, I just want to get home. I just want to go home. I'm tired of being out here. I wanna go home. So I stay on the plane and we take off, and the pilot's like, hey, so uh, we don't have enough fuel to make it. <laughs> so we're going to land in Phoenix and get some more fuel, and then we'll... Uh, I'm like, why did you even take off, and why would you fucking tell us? like That was they, like down the street. They couldn't make it they, to like Kansas? Did they tell you
7: that in the air? Yes, in <laughs> the air. Perfect timing.
1: Yeah. Like, I just don't... Li- I, I'm sure he didn't use the the words like, we're not going to make it, yeah. because you know that's probably in their... Un- unallowed uh, forbidden vocabulary or something like that. To
2: be fair they told you to get off the plane. They did <laughs> and
1: they offered a lot of money but I declined it. I wanted to get home and so we had to land in Phoenix which took forever and then get back up in the air and then get to Dallas but there were storms that we had to like kind of fly around whatever. So I missed my flight I had to spend the night there and then I so I'm like alright whatever I, I pick a new flight for the morning I get a lift over to the hotel. I book a hotel like on my phone. I just you know show up. Whatever it sucks. Yeah, I have to pay for a hotel. I kind of I probably could have waited in line for like two hours to get the try to get American to pay for it. Get the voucher, but whatever. So I end up getting to the hotel, grab some food from the the hotel lobby. They have like a, a re- little restaurant there. So I get some food to take back up to the room, and then I hear this like voice coming from the bedroom. And I'm like, not to mention, it really creeped me out. When I got to my room, I tried to unlock it with my phone, and the door was already open. So then I'm like, what am I going to find in here? So I open the door. I'm like, hello? Nobody's there. I walk I walk around, make sure I'm good. I say, okay, whoever cleaned it, everything's like made, whatever. They just didn't close the door all the way. I say, I think the, the shade kind of was in the way of closing it. Whatever. No big deal. It's like, I'm not going to make a big deal about it. So I'm sitting in my room. I'm eating my food, watching TV, and I hear this voice coming from the bedroom. So I walk in there, and there's a speaker on the wall. And I've always seen them, but I've never really understood like what they were for. And it was like, this is an emergency. Please evacuate the hotel. And I'm like, that's a first. I've never <laughs> heard that. So I walk out. It's an embassy suite if anybody's ever seen one. It's almost like a giant rectangle or square, and the whole middle of the hotel's hollow. All the rooms around the outside There's a big open space in the middle I go out there and there's definitely like visible smoke Coming from like one side of the building Oh boy I'm like this place is on fire And I almost just walked out like the responsible thing to do And then I was like No I'm not going to lose all my shit For some stupid like fire So I go back in and get my shit Which is probably like any firefighter or responsible person Would say like don't worry about your stuff Just get out immediately And I'm like no I'm going to do the irresponsible thing so I go pack up all my stuff. Um, I walk out, and then everybody's just again. if You know the embassies; you can just see everybody standing. Finally. No, no, nobody's leaving. Everybody's just standing outside their door, and we're all looking at e- each other like on these like interior balconies. And I go for like the emergency that the, the voice said: don't use the elevators use the stairs elevators are down is there
2: alarms in this place or is it just all voice no alarms
1: it was voice only
2: that's weird
1: yeah no not the only thing that was was those flashing lights you know from the there's like a strobe thing and I'm like so I, I go to the stairwell and I'm about to go down the stairs and I'm on like the eighth floor so it's a shit ton of stairs and then I'm like nobody fucking else is in the stairs so I walk back over to the like outside my room and everybody else is still outside of the room not doing anything just watching and waiting and I'm like I don't see any visible flames nobody's screaming I see employees just like casually walking around on the floor down there so I'm like I think we're good so I'm just waiting and then firefighters show up and I'm like wait a second maybe this is serious but then there was like some kid the place was packed with teenagers and this kid was like hey can I go to bed or what and the, and the fireman was like, it's good. You're, you're good. So I was like, all right, I think I'm safe. But I went back in and went to bed. Only got like four hours of sleep. But like, it was just such a, I should have just taken the two grand and mm-hmm. got off the plane That's in amazing. Reno, had some extra, you know, flight credits to, you know, go somewhere exciting with my family. Spirit and instead, monopoly. I spent the night anyway with a fire alarm, an emergency, whatever,
2: they should have offered you two thousand in airport uh, gambling credits.
1: Yes, I might have used it. Yo, there was this lady who like won kind of a lot of money in like, the airport. In the airport, that never happened. Like sitting like ten feet from me. Nice. She was doing the thing, and she was like, "Ah, ah, ah!" Just like started freaking out, and I was like, "What? Did
7: you ever get a, a numerical value?"
1: No, I, I think I heard her say something about three thousand, but I don't know for sure. I screamed three thousand. Um, what Can
6: you state the name of the airline that caused all these problems? American Airlines.
1: Oh. Oh. And I don't want to bash them because as much as this has happened before, I fly probably like 10 or 12 times a year. Probably, I don't know, it depends on how you think of it. I do 10 or 12 trips, which is usually, that's probably something closer to like 20 flights, right? When you're going there and back. I, ne- I don't really run into issues that often. But I keep running into this thing in Dallas, especially coming from Reno. Um, Most of the time I don't have any gripes Like things are really easy to do on the app Um, It's very communicative Like they tell you when there's something that needs done Or there's a delay or a change Or they're giving you a heads up on something You know what I mean Like I knew that there was a fuel shortage Because they told me on the app There's a fuel shortage It may affect some of the flights out west Including your airport in Reno It is what it is But I made it back
6: We're here so they're like rationing the gas, and then I they get in the so, air, yeah. and they're like, "All right, how far can we make it?"
1: Yeah, I heard that the lady on the—I um,
6: hear they got gas in Dallas. <laughs> Just check out Dallas.
1: <laughs> they, they have a um, what do you call it? Uh, I heard the flight attendant say that um, not only are they short on fuel, but it's a short runway, so they can't overload it with weight to take off. I guess, but I don't know. But I feel like they knew we were going to have to land in those, Phoenix.
7: Those are all things I, I never want to hear when flying.
1: Yeah. We're too heavy. It's a short runway.
2: Just building in excuses for when you yeah. crash and burn.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. So, anyway, um, Sean, you already told us about the beer a little bit. But what, what else can you tell us about Family Vacation, about how you guys brewed it, hops in it?
6: Yeah, definitely. What was the, so, uh, the background um, to it? Yeah, so it was a double IPA. It's our first like true double IPA that um, you know, we didn't have to add any other extra sugars or anything to get the ABV up. So um,
1: Just able to mash in that much? Yeah,
6: mash in, get it to nine percent, which was and, and we got a good yield from it too. Good. Probably about eighty to eighty some percent of like our maximum yield we yeah. got out of it. Um, so it had Simcoe, Amarillo and Citra hops in it. Nice. Um, double dry hop. Um, you know, being the little guys we are, we actually threw our, our second dry hop in the keg. So it was okay. on hops until it went in the can. Nice. We found that is kind of a good trick to get it to keep that aroma while, yeah. it's, you know, into the can. So, um, yeah, it's been good. And then we released a sour too. Um, we did one last year. We gave it a weird name. I think it was our one of our Benny tributes last yeah. year. But we actually branded it Squeezy this year. Okay. So it's our our house lemonade sour, if you want to call it that. And uh, that came out at the same time. We did that one on like a mixture I think it was like peach, pineapple, mango, and strawberry. Right. Uh, and that came out good too. So yeah, everybody's been I'm excited been to try well that receptive. one.
1: You said people have been really excited about the sour too. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to trying that one. Have you tried them yet, Brett?
7: Not the sour. The, no. I, the IPA has been fantastic. Yeah. I had one last night.
1: Yeah, yes. I had one last night, too. Yeah, very good. But how about you? I haven't had one yet. I no. Get, get in there. we got to get in it. So, Brett, you've been uh, traveling. Where were you down? The Outer Banks? We were. Laura and I were down to the Outer
7: Banks with uh, my family. Nice. So, yeah, it was great. We were down in uh, the Kill Devil Hill area, yep. um, which is, I don't know, smack dab. seems like in the center of where most people go anymore. Okay. Um, <laughs> we... We've been going... My family's been going there for as long as I can remember, probably since I could walk. But... Um, oh, wow. My grandpa gets a house, and it's been the same house, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Right. And um, what we found out this year when we decided to go was that uh, a brewery was opening up, and the brewery was one and a half houses away. No way. Yep. On your way to the beach, which... It Perfect. goes, house, brewery, beach. Danger. <laughs> Danger. <laughs> yeah. Right? So uh, I was kind of skeptical because they, they opened a week and a half before we went down. Uh, the brewery's name is Swella Brewing. Swellows Brewing? Swellows? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, so, you know, new brewery, uh, things can be a little more challenging. Yeah. But when we walked in, one, the brewery is just beautiful. Yeah. Um, just beautiful brewery. And they had tons of different beers on tap. Uh, wide variety and they were all good I made sure to hit them all yeah um, they had some guest taps in there too but uh, for for a beach beer that can be a real hit or miss they were all hits really all hits that's
1: exciting yeah guess
2: yeah. the the land down there is so expensive if you're opening something up you better be on your game
1: yeah, yeah. you better be bringing people in from uh, other than just the uh, the island
0: right
7: yeah Did so you- it, it made it very convenient being as close as it was in proximity uh, sure a lot of fun. Did you bring anything home? I did. I have one uh, double IPA that we brought home. So uh, it's, it's been sitting in the
1: fridge, nice and chilled, waiting, nice. waiting for the right time. Good. That sounds exciting. Good stuff. What do you think, Mr. Steve? Did you have a good time down here?
2: It's a beautiful, beautiful spot. Come down, check out the brothers on the Brandywine, lose a Sunday.
1: Yeah. Easy. Dude, that, that band is killing it. Yeah, they're doing pretty well. Me and Brett were talking about that. Uh, the horn section. Some brass. The guy Can he was playing home.
2: some sort of electric didgeridoo over there. He was killing it. I don't know what it was.
1: Yeah, I don't know, but it's a lot of fun, dude. This has been a blast. I really enjoyed it. Great spot. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, walk down and put my feet in the water. I think.
2: Do it. You won't.
1: You don't think I will? Double I dog dare you. <laughs> Double dog dare. I brought my Crocs. You just have to put the uh, you got to put the strap on the on the heel. Put you it in, in the Sport water. mode. Sport <laughs> mode. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, guys, um, if you took the time... Uh, buh, 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 buh. Oh, no, no, no. Buh, 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 You're right.
4: How about a beer? Woo. Brews presents the Toast of the Week.
1: Oh, my God. I was about to wrap that shit up. Oh, my God, I dude. was ready to go. What about the toast?
0: Dude?
1: I'm sorry. Toast of the Week. we got to do Toast of the Week. Um, mine, I'm going to give a shout-out to my buddy, Jay. So, I always talk about my buddy... Um, now I'm going to have a blank. Complete mind fart right now. But uh, anyway, I've got a buddy that, that I hang out with when I travel. and um, Jeremy. Jeremy. There you go. Thank you. Here for me, you. Jeremy's going to give me a ton of shit for that.
2: You should. We've been
1: texting each other like crazy, you know, and we're actually tight buddies, but I just, for some reason, completely brain farted. Anyway, so Jeremy and I usually hang out, and uh, there's another mutual friend of ours that came to hang out. And Jeremy had to go do dinners with his bosses and me and this other guy, Jay, are hanging out. And I've I've known Jay for a long time. But we're having a few beers. Turns out he's got a podcast also. He does a metal podcast called Into the Void. And he's probably closer to your age and my age, Mr Steves. This metal music or yes. like
2: uh, steel? No. Okay. Metal music. Okay. So
1: you know, he's talking about growing up and how they used to trade cassette tapes with Metallica and stuff like that, you know, before he was really getting radio play and whatnot. Um, But they talk about all kinds of stuff growing up in the New England area, the Northeast, um, what the metal scene was like, playing in bands, going to see shows, all kinds of stuff. But um, great, great guy. Had a blast with him, just, you know, having some beers. I listened to his podcast on the way back. And um, another one I'll recommend, um, just because I'm on the topic of podcasts, I've said it before um, Smart List Podcast. With um, Will Arnett and Jace, Jason uh, Bateman and Sean Hayes. You know, all movie guys, right? But they've got a great podcast, Smartless. But everybody else knows that I've been huge in F1 racing. They had Daniel Ricciardo from F1 on their podcast on their most recent episode. It was a lot of fun. So I definitely recommend that. But that's what I got.
2: All right. I'm not sure who we're toasting to in there, but toast to them. Yeah, toast
1: to those guys. All toast to Trey on the podcast. Absolutely.
2: Brett's got a little toast for
1: us. All right, go ahead, Brett.
7: All right, my my toast of the week goes to uh, Matt Moore from the Phillies uh, yesterday. (laughs) Matt Moore. Throwing up that uh, no-hitter, I think, through six. Laura and I were down at the park yesterday, so So, Matt Moore.
2: So my toast was going to be Matt Moore, but I also wanted to have an anti-toast to Joe Girardi for taking him out. (laughs) He's throwing a no-hitter through six innings. He's only threw 76 pitches, and you take him out. (laughs) After you had him bat, in the sixth inning. Yep. Why would you have him bat? I know he gave a sacrifice, but still, let the kid try and throw a no-hitter. And then last night, did you see the kid from the Diamondbacks throws a no-hitter in his first career start? Yep. So we could have had two no-hitters no, in the same day. F yeah. you, Joe Girardi. Quit over-managing. Oh, my God. Dude, this is an MMA fight, dude. F that guy. F that guy. F and cheers.
0: Yeah. cheers. All
6: right, Mr. Sean, you're up. All right. Um, let's stick to baseball. I want to give a cheers to MLB in general. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched the Field of Dreams game the other night, but what a fine production of a game. Very cool, very nostalgic. Like They did an amazing job. So um, I saw
1: clips of it, you know, with the players coming out from the cornfield. Like yeah. That's pretty sick. Yeah, it was cool.
6: And then it ended on a walk-off home run. Fireworks going off, always on
2: the bases that, into the corn. It was awesome.
6: So
1: wow, is that really what you have to do? You have to hit it in the corn, I guess, right? Yeah. Where, Where else is it going to go? I don't a, know.
2: They had a wall out there, but uh, yeah, and the corn's a home run. I think they should have just had no wall. Yeah, no wall. Corn. <laughs> and, and everything is playable. Yeah. That would so if you awesome. hit it in the corn, and a guy can go get it and get and you out, throw like, it to home in yeah. time.
1: That would have been sweet. That would have been fun. All right. What do you think? Is that is that uh is that it? I think Can I, I hit the, the button got... now? You hit it! I'm gonna try it. Do it. All right, Brett. Cheers, buddy. Sean, Mr. Cheers. Steve. Good to Olga, see you Kevin, everybody else that came on. This was a lot of fun. It's really nice out here. Just, it's a beautiful day. This was a, a really nice hookup. I'm so glad that he invited us out here. You know, being um, in some shade here, we had power, a nice little pavilion. I feel bad. People have been staying away from us. They worried had. about sitting near us, but uh, it was all good. We had a great time. Um, we got until uh, October 31st, I guess. You know, we've got a few more Sundays left until Halloween. Make sure you check it out. Look up um, easiest way to do it look up Brandywine Outfitters on uh, on Google and Google your way over here off Stroudsburg Road on a Sunday. Come hang out, see uh, Mr. Harmon. Shout out Mr. Harmon for um, directing traffic and parking everybody. If you see Alfred out there, say hi to him. But, um, yeah, come come check this out. Thank you guys for listening. Look out for us on um, – well, I guess when they listen to this, it'll be the past. Don't try to do, yeah, do it. the future. Yeah, no, I can't do it. But we're going to go – yeah, I'm not even going to say anything. <laughs> but, yeah, just look out for our next episode. Make sure you're following us on all the social media platforms. Uh, we haven't talked about any sponsors, so I guess I should give a shout-out to Linode real quick. Absolutely. And uh, I'll just have Taylor splice this in somewhere in the middle. Do it but there we go all right guys thanks again we'll talk to you next time